I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Pete Reese. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. How are we doing, fellas? How's sunny Germany, Pete? It is actually been very sunny today, yeah. Going really well, thank you. And Paul? We've had cracking lightning, haven't we, rather than cracking flags. It's been stormy and rainy. I've got a, a little game today. We've got Wigan Blackburn Bingo, and I've got six things written down that I think you'll cover at some point. We'll see how many you get between you. That's a bit of a challenge. Before we get into the into the Blackburn preview, there's a few things that cropped up this week. I know we're all anticipating the return of Jordan Cousins, we played for the under-23s in the week and I sort of had wind that he might have popped his calf again. If that's the case, it's likely to be out at least another four to six weeks. You've got to say it's a bit of a, a travesty for him, isn't it? You know, he's never he's not got his time with us started. Last season, he played a few games and he was out un- until the spring. He was first choice in those six games, wasn't he? That yeah, was the start of the season when he had the yeah. first squad. I thought it was interesting when he came back at the end of last season as well that it seemed to me that Liam actually changed the completely changed the formation of the team to fit him in. I think, I think Liam must really had. Highly rate, highly rate him. Right, the other thing I'd like to mention, the third strip. Beliefful members have been told that they can pick the third strip up today. When I saw the photographs of it, I didn't really like it. I've been and picked mine up. And when you see it in the flesh and when you put it on, well, it might be me, this. My goodness, it looked, it looked the bee's knees. Yeah, I, right. I really like yeah. it. It's got all the names on, all in alphabetical order. I'm not so far from Dave Whelan. So I'm just holding this up to the microphone now so everybody can see it. One thing I'd like to draw the attention to is what it says on the back. Actions speak louder than words and one of Talal's sayings. Yeah. Judges on what we do and not on what we say. Yeah, it looks Paul, good. Yeah, yeah. Paul, your name's near the badge, I believe. Yeah, right, right next to the badge. That'll do for me. We'll move on. There's been a lot of talk around the fact that we've only got 23 in our squad and we're like 25, suggesting that we could be in the market to fill those extra two places up with some free transfers, people who are out of contract. Now, there's been all sorts of names banded about. In the Wigan Today, an article by Paul Kendrick, and he's put quite a few names in there, but I've picked out six names that I feel might interest the club and also they may be interested in taking us up as an option. Fabian Delph, 32 years of age, City and Everson we know him from, and Villa as well, weren't he? was at Villa. Received a red card at the DW in that famous FA Cup tie against Manchester City. Combative midfield player, bit of an understatement, but I think he'd be excellent for us. Gary Cale, 37-year-old, was at Bournemouth last season, centre-half. I know we were blessed with centre-halves, but... He's got the experience, which speaks volumes, I think. For me, I'd probably say no to him because I think we're covered, but it's just another option. Ben Foster. You can never, never have enough quality goalkeepers. Now, we know he's been at the top of his game. He's played in the Premier League and he's played international football. He's got a great pedigree. Aaron Lennon, brilliant at Spurs. Mm. 35 years of age. Now, this next one surprised me. It's a position that we're, well, I'll not say we're struggling for, but we, we seem never to have a settled player in this position, and it's left-back. And the player is Danny Rose. And what surprises me about Danny Rose more than anything is the fact he's 32. How can Danny Rose be 32? And the other one, Danny Drinkwater. He's from the northwest, 32 years of age. 
Does any of those plays jump out as something that could fill a void? Well, I think if you've got two spaces to fill, my man will possibly looking at filling three three spaces within the squad. That's the thing. I think we're still missing something, I think, on the right wing because Scully coming in, he seems to be more of a, a right-footed left winger from what the, the Lincoln fan was saying on the, the podcast recently. I think we're missing something potentially at centre-back. Uh, I'll come back to that in a minute. And I think possibly goalkeeper as well. So players like Aaron Lennon, Gary Cahill and Ben Foster might all fit the bill to me, uh, from my, my point of view. But the one that really stands out from that, I think, is Gary Cahill. I think that although we've got players in those positions, somebody like Gary Cahill with his fantastic level of experience could just be just what we're looking for, I think. And and sometimes I think you have to look at what players are bringing to the, the squad as a whole, don't you? What they're doing in training and so on. And and I think Liam and Paul Cup before him were always very keen on those older, more experienced players and, and what they were doing behind the scenes. If Gary Cahill were available, I think he would be fantastic cover at centre of defence. And I think he would bring an awful lot to the to the club as a whole. And I think probably the same is perhaps true of Ben Foster as well. And you've got to look at which positions you want to strengthen rather than what players are available. Because particularly if you look at all those players and you're not looking necessarily at them today, you're looking at them two, three, five years ago. You go back two, three, five years, they'd all walk straight into the team as it stands. I'd be looking at one of the midfielders, I think, like Peter's in, maybe Gary Cale as an extra defender. So, yeah, I'd be looking at either Cale, Delph or Drinkwater. What does Tom Pierce have to do to get a game? Well, yeah. I agree, though. I agree. But do you not think both Delph and Drinkwater are similar to what we already have in max power? Yeah, I'm not saying take both. I'm saying what, what we've already got, I mean, I mean, we've got Cousins missing already. Only takes another injury in the midfield and suddenly we're looking really light. You've only got to look at the bench the last couple of games and it's been, you know, which forward would you like to bring on? Strengthening the midfield is, is definitely an area where we'll be looking to and, and the defence maybe as well. So either or of the two midfielders plus Gary Cale. Good point, Sam. Cale's got a plus off both of you though and I can see why, you know, like you say, he's full of... Ex- the only thing that I'd be concerned about was, is he's 37. I know footballers these days are a lot fitter but he's still 37. Your speed of thought slows down a little bit at that age as well as your speed on the floor and just his age what what would worry me. Possibly his wage as well. I mean, he, you know, what, yeah, what he'd be coming for. It does appear that left back is a is a problem for me, and mm. that's why I threw Danny Rose in, into the hat. But mm. the progress of the Unity Scouts have picked out Gary Cahill, so um, <laughs> we'll see if that comes about. Yeah, that lit that uh, virtually unknown central defender. Yeah. yeah, who spent some time <laughs> up the road, didn't he, at Bolton? Just been announced today that both Will Keane and Tello Hasgard have been nominated in the Northwest Football Awards. Will Keane as the League One Player of the Season and Tello Hasgard as the Rising Star. You can vote for these. If you go onto the Latics website, you'll find a link on there mm-hmm. where you can actually go and vote for these. Best of luck to both of them. Can you think of a better Rising Star in the Northwest than Tello Hasgard? No. I don't know all the potential rising stars at the other clubs but um, certainly to us he is isn't he yeah you've answered your own question though if you don't know who they are then obviously they're not a rising star <laughs> and everybody's heard of Tello Asgard yeah, the Norwegian yeah, yeah, prince right. he's got to win it and Keno deserves it to have mm. a wonderful season last season on Saturday, we've got Blackburn Rovers in town. I'm really pleased to say I'm joined by Dan. Dan the man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having us on. I'm uh, 
looking forward to discussing Saturday's short trip for once. One of our, I think it's our first local derby actually this season. So uh, second, second to Blackpool, but we won that one. So hopefully two out of two. Why run a Rovers chat, which is everything Blackburn Rovers we do, YouTube, podcasts. We're pretty active on social media. You name it, we do it. We kind of try and cover you know, everything around the club. So I've been doing that. This is season number six. It doesn't get any easier, I'll tell you that each year. This is our 11th season that we've been... Oh God. So let's get straight into it. The last time we met was back in January at the DW Stadium in the FA Cup. League One, Little Wigan, dump you out of the cup. A fantastic goal in the dying seconds of the game from Tello Asgard, a, a wonder kid, and he scored again on Saturday. I was quite impressed, I'll be honest with you, with Blackburn in that game, even though we were League One and we beat you in the cup. But you did you did play some decent football. Tony Mowbray was your manager at that time, weren't he? And that's the first thing I'd like to ask. Were you happy or were you sad to see the back of Mowbray? It's a tough one whenever anyone asks this, I think. We were all happy to the back of him in terms of it felt like he kind of reached the peak of his time here and we didn't want it, you know, you don't want to remember him for the down bits. But, you know, you're sad losing a manager who's been in your club for five and a half years. You know, he's gained quite a few fans since the League One season and he's kind of someone that we've only really known, especially doing this page. You know, we started just as Mowbray had started, so it's kind of that path going through. But uh, relieved, I think, with the word. We needed a change. Everything had gone a bit stale. It felt like we needed to change. You know, cup defeat at Wigan, just constantly lost cup games. Obviously, it was just a typical thing under him. And just everything felt like it come to natural conclusion. So, sad to see him go because of the memories he brought us, the League One season, but kind of happy because it meant a change, which I think everyone wanted. It was a good season that League One. You, know, you came up with us, didn't you? And adding on our court sales, if I can say. Yeah. You finished second. Nice to rub things in, don't it? When you have a bit of banter with your, with your local rivals. You got a new boss in. What, what did you make of him? Yeah, it's been a mixed start from four wins, four losses in the league. Uh, I think we see a change in him. You know, we said that it's going to be a project. It's not, it was never going to be a thing that a new manager comes in and we go from missing out on the playoffs last year to get in the playoffs. It was always going to be a transition with the amount of changes. And I think he's dealt well. You know, he's had to cover a lot of absences, a lot of departures there. Ryan Nambe, obviously, at Wigan. Uh, Daryl Lenian up to Middlesbrough. Joe Rothwell to Bournemouth. So he's lost kind of three players that were stalwarts at Mowbray's time here. So he had to fill them gaps. He had to fill the Lawney gap. So eight players, didn't have a full transfer window. 12 points out of eight games, can't really complain at it. I think it's one of them project moments and there's going to be games when we're shocking like we was on Saturday and then there'll be games when we're good like we was against Blackpool and I just hope that we have a good game at the DW because we all know about the history between us two at the uh, at the DW. It's not the best on our side anyway. I was going to mention your results so far this season. You either win handsomely or get a good kick in, don't you? That's the way it seems. So play, play eight, one four, lost four. It's a, a real strange one. It never feels like we're going to draw a game either. You know, the three two on Saturday, although it was three two, never three two. It really flattered us. Really, uh, we only scored late on to make it three two. We were never threatening for a win or anything. And uh, you know, you mentioned two three 0 batterings at. Sheffield United, which we expected, but at Reading, which 
was a real blow. The first one we lost as well, actually. So it were even even more of a shock. And like you say, we, all four losses we've deserved to lose and all four wins I think we deserve to win. And that's the strange thing. It's not been like that for as long as I can remember. So we'll see what happens Saturday. We you know, we've got Watford coming up as well. So one of the best in the league and we'll probably end up beating them and then losing to Wigan. I can see it happening. Well, I hope so anyway. It's exciting though, isn't it? I mean, you're going into games, you don't know if you're going to win or you're going to lose, but you know you're not going to draw. So it's an exciting experience. And as football fans, that's what we want, surely. Transfer window closed last week. You must have been delighted to uh, keep hold of your star man, Bereton Diaz. Yeah, well, what a summer, really. Everyone's saying he's going. He got, you're off to Nice, you're off to Celta Vigo, Everton, Fulham, Leeds. You name it, they were linked with him. We've had links since January. Even Barcelona got linked in January, which were never happening. But you see all these links and you kind of think, surely he's off and he stays. And I think it just surprised everyone that there wasn't even really a serious bidding for him. I think that was a strange thing. I think... You know, everyone I know about our ownership issues with the Venkies and all that. But the one thing they've always done is stuck to a price for a player. They'll never, never sell for a cup price, no matter whether he's got one year of his contract, six months. If they think he's worth an amount, they will make a team pay that amount. And no one come in for him with that amount. So we were never going to sell him. And I think we're all relieved. And you saw on Saturday, he got a goal, despite it being really late on and not being anything he'll pop up with the goals and if anyone's going to uh, get us a win at the DW I think it could be Brereton Diaz and also uh, a friend of ours Bradley Dack who we have history with uh, at both Gillingham and yourselves uh, he, he's back it's good to see him back playing if I'm being honest I'm, I'm not one of these who who cheer when a player gets injured so it's good to see him back uh, is, is he a bit of a cult hero at Ewood Park yeah Dak's always been you know he's been really well loved he comes to the club we're poor to be honest when he started at the club but the moment he kind of got into gear and got playing in that 10 position it was unstoppable and you know we had the Nick Powell comparisons that you know between the two and it's kind of been compared to every attacking midfielder going Grealish with a comparison the year we come up and Rovers fans just love him and obviously the injury he got against yourselves up at Ewood before Christmas was horrendous to see and yeah like you say I know he's got a bit of a a bit of a history with Wigan. He always seems to go down well with the Wigan fans on Twitter, and it's all lighthearted. I hope, but he's you know he's really loved by Blackburn fans. And this season's you know he didn't start last season constantly off the bench when he come back from injury. And he seems to be pushing his way back, but he's still not fit, which is kind of scary when you can see some of the stuff he can do. But also you know I think he'll end up getting rested soon, just because he's, you know he's playing that many minutes for someone who's spent the best part of two years out. Um, we've mentioned two players, uh, Bereton, Diaz and, and Bradley Dack. Who else is there in, in the uh, Blackburn side that the Latics faithful should be looking out for? Who's going to do some damage on Saturday? I think uh, Ryan Hedges is quite a good one to pick from uh, attacking midfielder. Quite a big lad, you know, quite mobile. He's just he's waiting for a goal, really. He's had all the assists and done all the play and just not put the ball in the net yet. And I say it every week when I'm on an opposition preview that this could be the week he scores, so it's going to come right once. I think there's a lot of talent, you know, on our side, and it will it will develop over the season. George Hurst, we signed on loan from Leicester. I thought he looked really bright on Saturday. You know, maybe given if he's given 90 minutes this time around where he can actually run at a defence and do something with the ball, I think he'll have a good game. To be honest, there's plenty he can pick out. Some of them won't even start, which shows a bit of the quality we have, but. It's just not clicked for us yet this year, which is why the quality's not coming through and we've only got four wins out of eight. Yeah, but you're eighth in the table. So coming into September, eighth in the table, I, I'd be I'd be 
delighted with that, to be honest. If we're looking ahead to Saturday night, I know, like you said, there's been a bit of history during the years. The classic game for me was the uh, the 5-3 around Christmas time when Darren Bent scored that trick for us and Rocky Santa Cruz grabbed an that trick for you. I mean, that was a really good game. And and also, I'll never forget Reed's thunderbolt at the, uh, yes. I think he hit it from, from the edge of your, you know, your own 18-yard box and it just flew the hardest shot I've ever seen. And, and Wigan Athletic supporters talk about that goal to this day. So there has been some classic games down the season as a third place. We can head to Saturday. What's your prediction and what's your feeling the way the game's going to go? No, I think it'll be tough. Obviously, we Wigan only losing one to the side that we won't mention this season and you know good win at Luton which I don't think is easy I know they're not the side he was last season yet but good win down there like say only lost one game drew with West Brom drew with Norwich away obviously drew with Preston but everyone's thrown with Preston really this year I think it's going to be tough and there's always that factor. Rovers fans hate going to Wigan away purely because we know we're rubbish. We know we've been rubbish for so many years. And, you know, how often does a striker score an hat-trick and still end up on the losing side like he did that year? And every year, you know, I think of the nil-nil up in League One when I think we ended with nine men because one come off injured as well and one was sent off. And it's just one grand. You know, if we're playing another side away from home, I'd fancy ourselves, but because it's at the DW, because we always just struggle there. Wigan fans will know they'll enjoy every time the air, every time Rovers rock up. I'll go for a 1-1, but I'm hoping we can finally end that DW case and actually just get a win because I haven't seen us win there. And this must be me time at the time there and I've not seen us win. So fingers crossed this time. What a piece. I'm putting you down for it. We'll be coming on our podcast saying you're going to win. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. It's been a privilege and it's been good to get a little bit of insight into the Rovers this season. And I'm looking forward to a good game on Saturday. So thank you very much. Good luck for the season, barring obviously the reverse fixture as well. Well, that was Dan Ainsworth from the Rovers Chat podcast. Chirpy Dan, though, weren't he? He's a bit worried about coming to the DW. 2005, the last time they, they beat us at all in the Premier League. When we first got in the Premier League, that was the last mm-hmm. time they beat us. At the DW Stadium. It's a bit the other way around, isn't it? Though? I mean, I've, I've not got that many happy memories of going to Ewood Park either, to be honest. Oh, Chicken Gate. Uh, that was a good yeah, well, one. Well, that, that was the I think that was the main exception, wasn't it, really? But yeah, they, they do have a poor record at Wigan, so I can understand that he's not looking forward to it. Yeah, it was interesting, Tallow's interview after the match on Saturday, and he, he said Blackburn up next, we'll have to see what we if we can do what to, to them what we did last season. He was almost winking at the camera, wasn't he? It was like, yeah, I fancy another of those goals. We'll do ref watch, and the referee on Saturday will be James Linnington from Newport on the Isle of Wight. He's a select group two referee and he's been one since 2009, which was a year after he made his debut in the EFL. He's had 11 previous lattice games, the last one being the 1-1 home draw in Norwich back in April 2019. And we've only won two games with James Linnington in charge and they were the first two away at both Yeovil and Rotherham. He also gave James McLean a red card in the 1-0 defeat to Wolves at the DW in April 2015. So far, the card watch for James Linnington this season has taken... He's taken charge of seven games, six of which were in the championship, and he's issued 26 yellows, one red, and he's awarded one penalty. And he was also the fourth official last Saturday at Luton. Quite handy with his cards, isn't he, Lennington? If you remember that that first game where he ref us was the Yeovil game, where Mark, Mark Antoine Fortune scored late on. You men- mentioned Yeovil there. I always think that was one of the little fascinating incidents in Latics watching career. It was that Yeovil had a special coin printed when they played us because they were playing the FA Cup holders. That was the only time that ever happened to them. And that was like a really, really big occasion when we, when we came down to play them. Amazing, isn't it? That's a good bit of trivia, there, Pete. Yeah. 
Previously, we've played Blackburn 31 times. We've won nine, lost 15, and there have been seven draws. The first meeting goes back quite a long time now, came in the League Cup in August 1986, two-legged affair, and we lost both games, 3-1 at home and 2-0 away. We haven't lost any of our last 12 meetings at the DW, which is, I think, what Dan was alluding to on his in his little interview there. We've won eight and drawn four, and the last of which came in the FA Cup last season, which we've already mentioned, Tallow's special. In our first 15 meetings, we only won twice, the first of which was the classic 5-3 win on uh, 15th of December, just before Christmas 2007, uh, which contained two hat-tricks, Marcus Bent and Rocky Santa Cruz. And they rolled a Denny Landsat special, a red card, loads of bookings, and a real pre-Christmas cracker. Now, we've had a few memorable games against Blackburn down the years. I think the one that interested me more than anything was that, for me, we never had much of a, a rivalry with Black, Blackburn in the same way that we had with Bolton or Preston. But I think things turned a little bit in when we were in League One with the Bradley Dack and Nick Powell business, who was the better player. And there was the, always seemed to be this thing behind the scenes with Paul Cook and Tony Mowbray. Did they like each other or not? And my memorable match was uh, going to Ewood Park. And so that must have been 2018 when we both got promoted. And we were, I think we were 2-0 down at half time. It was all looking a bit forlorn, I think, because they, this could, I think they were just behind us. And I think they would have they had a couple of games in hand or something like that. And I thought, oh, gosh, this, is, this, this could all turn on this match. And I think what was really interesting was that one of these things that, you know, when the t- fans talk about managers needing a plan B and all this kind of thing, it's one of those subtle things that fans very often don't see. But at half time, or in the second half, he brought... Nick Powell, he dropped him deeper, took him away from his kind of number 10 role, and he was almost playing like a central midfielder. When the match turned completely, he was more involved with the game. He dictated what was going on after that, and he, he, he was second half. He was best player on the pitch, and we got two goals back, drew 2-2, and that was it, really, in terms of we're going to go on and, and win the league. I think it was about March time, wasn't it? I can't, I can't quite remember. Yeah. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't that long before the end of the season. And you know when we Max Power scored that free kick and he went under a player's foot. Do you know who that player was? Blackburn yeah. right back. Ryan Niambi. Ryan Niambi. Ah, Agent yeah. Niambi. Ah, interesting. Bing, one. Bingo on that. One of the bingo ones. The two. Oh, though. that was a. Yeah. You got, got four of them so far. So, what about you two guys? What's what's your most memorable matches? Mine is a very very low key affair, given all the drama that's been in in the various Wigan Blackburn. Games and it was the 26th of December 2009, Boxing Day home game. Basically, that stands out for me because it's the first Latics game I ever went to. Mm-hmm. This is a, I bought a brother a half season ticket, got me a half season ticket, Christmas present, Boxing Day game. But yeah, I read it. I'm happy to go with him. And he decided to disappear off entertaining a young lady instead. Years later, the mother of his child, and you know, they've lived together for years, so it worked out well in the end. But the quiz question from there, talking of uh, Agent Niambi, in that game, Blackman substituted off a future Wigan striker and replaced him with a former Wigan striker. Former would have been Jason Roberts. That's correct. And the future Latic striker would have been... Well, you've got yeah, the answers. There. No, I don't know that. Franco De Santo. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. Franco. 
Moving yeah. on to me now. That was a great, great one, that Paul. Great question. There's so many to choose from in there. I mean, there was the, the Stephen Reed goal. That's the hardest shot I've ever seen live in a football game. The five three, which Pete talks about in the in the build up. But my memorable Blackburn game is the four two FA Cup defeat at Ewood Park when oh, yeah. we were the third tier. We just got promoted. John Dean was the manager. It made loads of changes before the game from the regular starters. I think David Lee was on the bench. David Law was on the bench. I'm not sure if Jonesy was on the bench. You know, And he was playing not a reserve side, but not a strong side. And we were 4-0 down. We were playing this mm. defensive football and it just weren't working. And they changed it half-time. They brought him on and it ended up 4-2. And to be honest with you, the way we were playing, we could have gone on and at least grabbed a grabbed a draw and brought him back to Springfield Park. But it was a great day out. It was like going to this big yeah. stadium. They were a top, mm. top club at, at the time and it was fantastic. So, yeah, I'll go for that one, the 4-2 defeat. Yeah. I think it was yeah, about... I think, I, think, I think they finished four or something, I think, that season. 98-ish were it, I think. Something, it'd be something like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. I remember my mate, my mate Ian, going going with going to the match, and we were just walking down that long, big long hill towards the miles away from the car, and he suddenly says, "I've forgotten my ticket." <laughs> oh. so Ian, if you're listening. Yeah. I remember. What about the Pedersen incident as well? The corner. Yeah, the false corner. It, dri- yeah. it dribbled it into the area. Are we moving on to the predictions? Dan went yeah. for one apiece. Right, this is a clue to the only bingo thing you've not got. I will say nothing other than a 1 0 Latix win. I don't think we've solved our goal scoring problems yet, so I think we're, I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw. I was going to go for a 1 1, but I'm going to be gam and go for 2 0. 2 0 to the Latix. Alcaraz's goal. That was a good goal in a 1 0 win away. Chicken oh, Gate. Thank you Chicken very much. Chicken Gate. Yeah. Well, I think that's been a really enjoyable podcast from my point of view anyway this evening. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And just before we do finish, Paul, can you give me the bingo results, please? You tick them all off. They were the 5 3 game, Chicken Gate. The false corner, Alcaraz with that goal, keeping us in the Premier League after that great run. Bellow's goal in the uh, FA Cup last season. And the one Pete mentioned, which was Grigg and Power with the 2-2 comeback uh, on the way to winning the title. I, I can't I can't believe we didn't give Alcaraz more of a mention for uh, and chicken yet, because that was, that was such a big match, wasn't it? It was uh, one of those things, oh. matches looking back, and you think, an incredible achievement that was. That was the culmination of those... Runner matches where we'd been rock bottom of the of the Premier League and then put that winning run together. It was it was amazing. We'll be back on Sunday with a, a reaction to the Blackburn game and we'll be doing a preview of our trip to Uddersfield, which will be on Tuesday. So we've got a midweek game next week to look forward to. So until then, it's a, a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on, come on the ticks. Up the ticks. <laughs>